Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. Uh, You've got double Nicole. Like, you're in for such a treat because you've got not just one Nicole tonight, you've got two Nicks at night. So I'm really, really happy to welcome Nicole Herring tonight with us, and she's going to be sharing some really cool stuff about messaging, copywriting, and attracting our clients, and she's got this cool system that she's going to teach you guys, and I can't wait to hear all about it because this is like an immediate thing that you, she had super success with some of her clients in using this on one of their posts, and so you guys get a tangible piece of advice that you can go use like immediately in one of your posts. So Welcome, Nicole. I'm so excited for you to be here with us tonight. And I know you're just going to drop some amazing gold nuggets for all of us and make us amazing at our messaging and attracting the right people. I love it. Well, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I, you know, kind of started in the entrepreneurial journey a couple of years ago and just was like coming out of motherhood not knowing what the hell I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that being a homemaker as a career was not for me. And I'm like, what's going to be my secret to loving my motherhood as much as I love my kids? And so I have been in the pursuit of trying all the things without any shame. If I tried something for a month and then I didn't like it, I had no problems just letting it go and moving on. So I know a lot of people feel like they get stuck and they just make a commitment. They're like, I have to see this through. Like I said, I was going to do this. And so I have to give it six months. And I was like, nope, I'm just going to try all the things. And that has in fact helped me with when I found out that I enjoyed writing. And then when I found out writing means copywriting and it's a way that you can get paid to be a creative writer and make money. I was like, this is fun. This is interesting. And the mindset of try all the things has really helped and served both me and clients in just gathering the data of what's working and what's not working. And so the number one thing I always tell my clients when it comes to writing content or writing copy, it's a trial and error process to see what lands, see what converts. There is no out of the box method that really works for everyone. When it comes to writing content or creating copy, you just can't be so attached to it the first time around. You want to just be able to see what what happens with it. You're collecting the data. What are people engaging with? Sometimes people are not paying any attention to you or acknowledging you. And but you're I'm sorry, they are paying attention, but they're not acknowledging you. And so mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be able to just like go with it and just like believe in your message enough to see it through, even if it feels like crickets the first however many times. Right. So I've been posting um, a little bit more on my personal page about some of the coaching that I've been doing in addition to the copywriting and a woman who I met two years ago at a networking event and haven't spoken to since 
she was like, I would love to come to your training. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are. And then at the training, she volunteered. Like we met once at this dinner event two years ago in Denver. And I, like, she had to remind me of who she was. So she's been paying attention to my content and I had no idea. And she popped up into a training and then she has like, well, I'd like to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I'm here for that. It's always surprising to me, like when somebody's not even on your radar and they know everything about what you've been doing because they're still watching. They're still in your audience. They're still paying attention. Yep. I, I have a freebie. It's a download and it's called attract, captivate and close. And so one of the things that I want people to understand when it comes to writing content I'm writing copy. There is two different things. And so we talked, you kind of mentioned that in the introduction that we're going to talk about the difference between them. Copy is content that is specifically for selling. So when you're hiring a copywriter, you want to hire a skilled copywriter or put all of your efforts into creating a sales page that's going to convert. Okay. Mm -hmm. But creating content on a daily basis, you don't have to have a copywriter to help you create your content. And in fact, I sometimes, I mean, I have some people who say like, I don't want to do any of the writing. I just want somebody else to do it. And I kind of, I don't even want to work with a brand new client who is brand new in the business and hasn't been writing their own content. Because mm -hmm. to me, it's kind of like being a politician who doesn't want to go out and shake hands and kiss babies and meet the people. Like right. if you're just going to stand from stage, but you're not willing to engage with people and really speak to them, you're not ready for me. You need to be engaging with people and conversating. You need to get used to figuring out what your message is. And the only way you're going to do that is by writing your own content. You sound just like me now. I'm like, wait, that's what I say all the time to my clients. I'm like, the, the, it's, it's so true. It's like, how do you know? Because here's the thing when you, like, if you're just going to stand from stage and like do your thing, then you're making it about you and you're not making it about serving. Yeah. You're not making, like you said, that you said connection and conversation. Those yeah. are the people you're looking to serve. You mm -hmm. care about those people because you want to help them. And so you should be interacting with them. You should be interested in what they have to say because you're looking to help them and solve their problems and you want to know what those are. Yeah, exactly. And that's why when it comes to even the attraction part of what you're doing for creating content, mm -hmm. it's not even the words. The attraction must come from your images. And I'm not saying they have to be perfectly branded. I'm not saying you have to, I do brand photography. Like there's this whole vision of what I've created for my business is helping people with the words, but also with the images. Because mm -hmm. for me, there's a complete story that needs to be told within your brand about who you are, what you do, who you serve and all that kind of stuff. But the images that you have have to stop the scroll, right? Nobody's going to read your words if, you're, if your image isn't attractive enough. And it's not about you being attractive. It's just about, does this person want to like read more? Are they interested in looking at what you have to say based on an image? And so for me, you know, like um, my brand is all about vibrant energy, you know, just creating, creating a connection that says like, whoa, you know, like, she, like this, there's nothing bland about her, right? There's nothing bland about this brand. It's very vibrant. A lot of people don't necessarily like bland content or I'm sorry, some people like having very neutral colors. Those are not the clients that I tend to work with best, right? Because my creative zone means that I want to attract people who like my level of creativity. Cause if I'm not giving that level of creativity in my business, it's not fulfilling for me. So I'm just not trying to write and create images for just anyone. I want people who love the vibrant and energetic images that I create. Right. It reminds me of like an interior decorator. Like you 
can decorate any home, but the home you're going to most enjoy decorating is the one that aligns with your style, with what is intuitive for you to choose and design. And if somebody comes in and it's completely disconnected from what you would normally do, you're not going to be able to help them as well as somebody else who does that style. And you're not going to enjoy it as much. And therefore, when you're not showing up with something specific, you're not attracting people that are specific to that thing. Exactly. And I mean, you probably don't know this, but my background is in interior design. That's where I originally started going to school. Intuition. Intuition. But the the problem for that for me was just that the projects for interior designers are really long and really painful. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's done a renovation, like I've had like, we had to stop doing renovations at my house so that my marriage could be saved. (laughs) You know, it was just like after a while, it's like two years of renovation, we're done. But you know what? The exact same thing I talk about with my clients when it comes to even interior design the room doesn't have to be a perfect match the same way with your feet doesn't have to be your brand doesn't have to be like this really nitpicky perfect thing, but there has to be a conversation that is going on in the room that the artwork has to speak to the furniture and the furniture has to speak to the rug and the rug has to speak to the colors that are on the sofa. And like all of the elements have to speak to each other to, in order for it to feel like a cohesive experience, Mm -hmm. there has to be some continuity, even if it's, different. You could be completely eclectic in the way you design your space, but there's still a conversation that has to happen. And the same thing with the brand, which is why I feel like even branding is just creating a conversation that makes sense where your words and your images and who you are as a person are all in the same conversation. And there's no tension in who you are and how you represent yourself. Mm-hmm. That's basically, you know, there's a little tangent about branding, but so, you yeah, know, I think, I think I see another analogy there that's actually useful as well. And you know, it is funny that you said you used to be an interior director. I never in my, all of my lives have I ever used interior decorating as an analogy before until that. So I do feel like I must've felt something from you, but the other connection that I see is, you know, a lot of times when you move into a new space, you don't necessarily know how you want it to look and it has to evolve over time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And sometimes you have to live in the space for a little bit before you really know what you want where. Yes. And the analogy I pulled from what you were saying is, you know, I think people put so much pressure as a sales coach. What I see over and over again is women basically saying no to themselves and working with clients in the name of but I've got to figure out my brand. I've got to figure out my logo. I've got to figure out my website. I've got to, nobody's getting coached while you're figuring all of those things out and correct me if I'm wrong, but you wanted to be a health coach to help people not to build websites. And like all that stuff is fine and beautiful and important when the time is right. And it will evolve with you as you evolve, but just like a room that, you know, you want to decorate, you start with some bare bones, you start with some function and the function is what you need to sit on or utilize for a table or whatever. And then you start to decorate around that. And your function as a health coach is to help people. So start with that function and then start to design everything else around it. But your proof of concept, your ability to serve people is the foundation for what you're going to do in your business. And it's true. And I mean, contrary, I think some of this, this might be even a little bit contrary to what you teach, but some of what I've done is just even with clients I've worked with is that when it comes to your messaging, sometimes we don't get entirely specific right away because 
in some aspects, people don't know exactly who they want to coach yet, right? And so everyone's like freaking out about having a niche. And I'm like, yeah, you better be having a niche before you're throwing money at ads, before you're investing in branding, you know, before you're going all down the path of creating a very visible business. But in the beginning, just freaking help people. Just start. Just ha- and, and you know, you said you don't know at first who you want to work. And you're right. And like, listen, it is super important to have your specific target market figured out, but you're not going to know it at the beginning. And the way you start to know it is by just starting, just working with people, get anybody you can on, on the hook for working with you, give away some free, you know, pro bono sessions to people that you know, or connections that you have and get working with people so that you know what you don't want, because if you don't know what you do want, figuring out what you don't want will get you there just as fast but you've got to have conversations with people to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, I've had some clients where I, you know, was like, I'm not sure I feel about this, but we're going to try it out. We're going to see. And then when there was like the red flags continued and I was like, I'm, I gently fired a few clients and you know what? It felt really empowering because that leaving that time and space open for me and not forcing the client relationship to work over a long period of time. It was like, I am now creating space for the right clients to come in and I'm learning over time the things that I need to like immediately like, Oh, I should have had a boundary on this and I didn't, but guess what? The next client, I have a complete boundary on that. Right. So that I am creating boundaries. I'm understanding what I want and what I don't want. And a lot of times too, what I find is that um, people want to focus on the person and sometimes you really need to focus on the results. And so if you have a specific thing that you help people heal through, the person is irrelevant. Whether or not they, whatever their hair color is, where they live, whatever the things that they like to eat and do, the the movies that they're watching, like none of that really matters. Sometimes people like to focus on the person too much. And it's like, no, if you're focusing on the pain point and focusing on the results and the the problem that they have and the the result that you can deliver, the rest of it really doesn't matter. And you could, it could be a mom. It could also be, I mean, if you don't want to work with men, you have to be specific, but it could be a mom. It could be a woman without kids. She could be empty nested. She could be 22. If it's a health related thing, it's different for some people where it's a result based marketing concept as opposed to a person based marketing concept. Uh, well, or I think that like- evolves with time though, too. I think as you start, like you said, you're focusing on results. And I would say you're actually focusing on you being the person in your own transformation. And then I think you start to get really specific, like we've said before, the more you work with people, and then you do know if you're, like you said, it might be a mom. Well, you know that she's a mom who started drinking wine at 3 p.m. because she's just overwhelmed with her life and she's over. And so then it gets really specific with what their habits are, what they're doing. And, and you just evolve with your messaging over time as you get to know these people better. And that type of marketing, I feel like really grabs people's attention once you're able to get specific, but you're not going to be there at the beginning. Yeah. You don't know your client that well at the beginning. Yep. And that's the part about captivating your clients is that you have to be willing to have some polarizing messages and, and not being so broad, even in the beginning when you're not sure who you want to work with, like try messaging a few different ways, try being really targeted, try being very specific on the results, try being very specific on a variety of pain points, polarize that message, see who comes to you and then decide, do I enjoy working with this person? Do I not enjoy working with this person? Is my word attracting the wrong kind of client? If so, then all I have to do is reevaluate, gather the data, make new decisions, and make changes along the way, and not feel, this is something you and I have talked about, not feel like it's a personal thing if people aren't 
resonating with your words. It's the words that's not working. It's not you. It's not what you're aiming to do. It's not what your heart is out to the impact your heart is after. It's just the words. And so if you can really detach yourself, yourself from the word, you know, the words are just the messaging and you are just a healer and it doesn't matter. You're just going to keep. You also said something too, right before that, that I want to point out, you were like, okay, maybe the messaging didn't work. Try blah, 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 try, blah, 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 blah. And not that what you were saying afterward, what afterwards wasn't important, but ultimately I kept hearing you say try. And I think that's where people think that it has to be perfect or right on the first time. And it's just not, it's not how it works. And like, I I read this book once and I loved, um, it was actually one of my students that wrote it and he defined success and failure for me in a completely different way. He said, I don't look at success and failure as opposites. I look at them as the exact same thing. They're both just the result of trying. Yeah. And you've got to be willing to try and put yourself out there in the name of your message, in the name of the people who are waiting for what you have to offer because they need it. Yeah. And it, you owe it to them to keep trying. And sometimes that means you look a little foolish or silly and, or somebody doesn't connect with your message or, yeah. you know, it really, it can't come down to you making it about you and how you feel when people don't respond to your message. It has to be, okay, cool. I learned from that what's next. Let me, let me keep going. Yeah. And exactly. And I think that this is when, when people are making a commitment to go into health and wellness, any kind of business that you're creating, it really doesn't matter. You have to be like the level of commitment that you have for it is just like, that's the thing is that if you have a plan B, then you're really not into it. And so it's a conversation I was having with my husband and I was like, you know what? Coaching people through content and branding and even some of the thought awareness is the, the, the part that makes people better writers is the thought processes that I'm teaching a lot of my clients Um, because you know, the awareness of what I have going on in my own head is only going to help me understand better what's going on in my client's head. If I can't get through my own thoughts and have my own self-awareness, there is no way I'm going to speak to the awarenesses that my clients are troubling, struggling to get through on their own. But the problem with it is, it's like, even if it's a slow and steady build, even if it's not this powerful, you know, crazy, like lots of clients all at once, I'm like, I'm not going to go get another job. I'm not going to get just any kind of job. I have no interest in clocking in and out. I have the heart of an entrepreneur. If this doesn't work, I'm going to keep going till it does because there's really no other thing that I am interested in doing. And so it's like when you have made that decision, like if you are so committed to health and wellness and this is what you have been called to do and it is within your bones to help heal people from their whatever, their gut, their migraines, their sleep, whatever it is, like if you are committed to that, then Getting it wrong on the messaging is not the least of your problems. Right. You're committed to seeing something through that's your passion and your desire and you're not available for anything else. And I think yeah. everything changes once you make that decision. Everything changes once we make that commitment because then nothing is seen as a failure. It's really just seen as, oh, that didn't, you know, and, and I, I think the other thing is we pretend like from our level, the, what, the level that we're at, like we really know and can see what it should look like and feel like. We're projecting from our own vision now of what we think the results and the experience should look like. And then it comes to us in a completely different, even more amazing way. And we miss it because we're so focused on how we think it should look and feel. And we're missing opportunities that are flying by because we're not yet at that vibration because we're stuck in the, I haven't completely made a decision level. And we play small and we deny ourselves what our truest desires really are. And we stay in that stuckness 
because of fear, because of, of not wanting to move forward and make a decision. And I love how you were like, I, this is it, this is what I'm doing. And it, it made me think of this, um, this story about Henri Matisse, you're, you're in the creative world. So I don't know if you know who he is. I didn't know who he was until I read about this story in a book by Marianne Williamson. And he was a painter, a really, really talented world renowned painter and got arthritis and couldn't hold the paintbrush anymore. Mm. And instead of being devastated that, oh my gosh, this art that I had, this creativity that I had, it's gone. I have this arthritis. It's, you know, he was one day playing with his grandchildren and they were using construction paper and they were cutting things out of the construction paper. And he found that although the arthritis wouldn't let him hold a paintbrush, it would let him hold these scissors. And he was making these cool paper cutouts with his grandchildren. And it turned out to be one of the phases of his artist's career. That's the most well-known. He became more well-known for his construction paper cutouts than anything else. And to me, it's like, that is the end of the road, quote unquote, that we like to label things as like, my messaging was wrong. I'm not meant to do this. It's No, that was just the creative outlet is still like you, you still have it. The energy, the passion, what you have in your desires, it's still in you. You just have to find a different way to reroute it because that route you thought you were on turns out isn't working, but right. that doesn't mean it's not meant to work. It's just meant to work in a different way. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like just gathering the data, right? Just like think of it as data. It's just data, it's data, it's data. It doesn't mean anything about you. It's just information that's going to help you take the next steps in your business. And so, and then the last part, of course, closing is like people, there's two ways to look at this. Every time you're writing content, you should be offering some sort of a call to action, right? Closing a piece of content with a call to action is the secret to closing clients because the sooner they start taking small actions with you, the more likely they're going to start booking a call. And so in the framework that I'm going to be going through here in just a minute, it has a different type of call to action at the end of every single one. And people forget to do those. They're out there, they're making all this content, they're writing all this stuff, and then they're never saying, book a call, join my group, get my freebie, you need to be on my list. All of the things, they're not doing a close to the end of all this content, they're giving all this free content, and then they're not telling them what to do or where to go next. As Sometimes, I, I, think, I think too, it can be just something as simple as like, what's the best day you've ever had? Or what do you like better, iPads or iPhones? that's a call to action because you're, you're asking them a question and getting them to engage. So I think that's where some people go crazy with their call to action. Like, I don't always want to be offering something. You don't have to, you're offering something for free. You're offering yourself, you're offering advice, you're offering engagement. Like, because like you said, I love how you said it, getting them. I had, I had to call this out as the sales coach, getting them to agree to something, to say yes to something that the end, when they finally say yes to working with you, is like the very last one in a long line of yeses that they're yeah. saying and yes, getting yes, them to yes. say yes early on to a freebie, getting them to say yes to growing, to being a part of your community. It's all about these little micro commitments, micro yeses, 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 yeses. And that's what builds up to the final, here's my money. I know I want to work with you. Exactly. So the framework that I want to teach you and obvious, and actually, and I don't know if your VA is going to be able to post, but I have put together there's more in this, the attract, captivate, and close. There's several things in here, and I was just going to talk a little bit about it, but I think that this framework is going to be more useful for people for actual takeaway content that they can put into practice like immediately. Um, and anybody who downloads this, this guide about attract, captivate, and close, you'll get another email from me sometime probably over the weekend that has the exact process that I'm talking about right now. And then it'll be all written out and there's a principle that you can, you know, print out and use for creating your weekly content. So I think it's really useful. 
But the thing is, is that people forget to have conversations all the time. They are start writing their content and they're speaking at people and they're not speaking to people or with people, right? And there is a difference of what it means to be standing up at your, on your platform and be speaking to everyone and then not really opening the door for engagement or conversations. And so when I talk about creating content, it's called conversation of the week or convo of the week. And what I have been coaching my clients to do is to create one pain point that they're talking about or one specific word that they're going through. What's the word of the week? The word of the week might be overwhelm. It might be exhaustion. It might be something, whatever. And every piece of content that you have is going to be a conversation that progresses over the course of a week about that one word. Mm -hmm. So for example, on Monday, you're going to be tagging, you know, or not tagging, but you're going to be calling out who your ideal client is. And you're speaking specifically to the woman who out here has been, who, who starts day drinking at three right? Raise your hand. COVID's got us all in a frazzle. Like it is long days. If you've got three kids like I do and day drinking is happening more often than you'd like to admit, just drop me an emoji. You don't, this call to action is really simple. It's just a comment below, drop an emoji, give me a GIF or a GIF or however people say it, like of what your Monday looks like today. You know, like, is it a shit show? Are you feeling on top of the world? Are you feeling empowered? Like, what's going on with you? I want to hear from you. Drop a comment, drop an emoji, drop whatever. And this is where you're just to say, I really want to talk to the people who are doing the day drinking. It is really simple. That's like maybe three sentences. It's a, you could put a funny picture of you holding a glass of wine, drinking something, right? Like, or whatever, or lounging at the pool. Or if your Monday is starting feeling really empowered, you could say, I used to day drink at three and now I'm not. Let me like, is this you? So the first post of the week is who, who are you talking to? Who are you trying to engage with? What is, what is the thing that they're going through right now that as soon as they read it, they're going to stop and they'll be like, wait, that that's me right? Even if they don't have the nerve to respond right away, you're going to peak to their interests, right? Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. So then on Tuesday, you're going to talk about that pain point. Uh, You want to invite them to connect in a little bit different way where you could just say, hey, you know, tell me more about what you're doing in your life that's helping or hindering you. Tell me what's going on with you. This is a pain point that one of my clients has been working with and now you're going to be talking about what. We're going to go through the whole week with who, what, where, why, when, how, right? It's the basic lines of telling a story and having a conversation. You're like, give me all the details, okay? So on Tuesday, you're going to be a little bit conversating a little bit more about what is that pain point and 
a lot of times when you get into Wednesday, you're going to be telling people, look, where you have that issue in one part of your life, guess what? It shows up in all the way, other parts of your life because where we do things one way is how we do everything in other ways. So if you have, let's say, okay, health and wellness. So if you're not, if you're not getting great sleep, okay, it's affecting not just the fact that you're not having great sleep. Like there's more impacts of what shitty sleep is doing to you in the way that you're interacting with your spouse, the way you're inter interacting with your colleagues, your children, your neighbors, right? Like it's not just the sleep that's bothering them. It's all of the impacts on either end of the bad sleep that's affecting them. And so on Wednesday, you really want to point that out to them and be like, that's just the surface issue. That's not really the problem that is the only problem that comes from having bad sleep is that you're feeling groggy or you're feeling lacking energy. It's actually affecting your relationships. The right. impact is so much more than just being tired. Right. And people forget to, to take them all the way down and show them the impact. It's just the pain point, the pain point, the pain point. Mm -hmm. And when you know what the impact is, then you also know how to sell them on the solution. Mm -hmm. Because if the $2,000 is just to get a good night's sleep, people may or may not want to invest in just a good night's sleep. They might just mm -hmm. feel like I could suffer through that. But what if $2,000 of having a healed gut means that every time you go out to a restaurant, you're not regulated to grilled chicken and a steamed veggie with no dressing, no salad, no salad dressing on a salad. And like, you're the person, it was me. I was the person I had complete gut problems and I got to go 18 months on the most restricted diet. It was the most depressing thing. So if somebody had said, look at healing your gut is going to cost you $2,000 the benefit or the impact is, is that you get to go back to your favorite restaurants after you've gone through this process and you've healed your gut, you can eat those foods again. You can actually have freedom at a restaurant because if you've ever been to a restaurant and you didn't have freedom to order what sounded good, <sighs> yeah, that sounds good. I'll have that. When you have a gut problem, you can't order anything. Right. You have to, everything has to be like sliced and diced and you know, like this without that. Mm -hmm. Can you do it with this? No spice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm watching other people eat the meal and I'm trying to not cry. And I'm like, it's about the connection to the table. It's not about the food, except yeah. it's only about the food. <laughs> yeah. There's another, like, you know, are you tired of living vicariously through your friends when you go out to eat at restaurants? Are you tired? You know, like yeah. all of those evolve as you get to know your person better. But those are, like you said, that's, what's going to grab their attention. Like, Oh God. Yeah. That's me. I want, I want to order anything I want off the menu again. Yeah. And so like one of the women that I work with, we were talking about her message and, you know, she is a mom who works with, she's a mom who works with older moms, right? So it's, it's like when you're 20, you, the energy that you have after you have a baby is a different kind of energy. Mm -hmm. And then when, if you're 40 and you're having your first child, like it's just not the same. You're not going to drop the baby weight the way that 22 year old does, right? So it's, everything looks a little bit different and you might be, you might be wiser. You might be more financially stable, but the energy is still harder to come by. And so when she's selling them, it's not about just being skinny. It's not about feeling good in your clothes for her. It's like how to have the energy to play with your kids, how to have a fully, you know, a full career and still have the energy to spend time with your kids and enjoy that on the weekends or in the evenings and not just be so worn out because you think like I had kids too late. I'm just never going to have the energy. It's not about losing the weight. It's about what having a healthier body mm -hmm. creates for your family life. Yeah. You have to take them all the way. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the, the thing I say all the time is sell the destination. Yeah. You know, it's, 
I use this analogy a lot, but it was so powerful for me. The first time I heard it, you're not selling a mattress, you're selling a good night's sleep. And what does the good night's sleep offer them? It offers them being more focused at work. It offers them being more present in their relationships. It offers them a wake up feeling excited for your morning routine and actually accomplish the things in the work. Those are all, like you said, take them all the way. Yeah. Quit talking about the freaking mattress springs. (laughs) Quit talking about the memory foam. Talk about the fact that at 3 p.m. they'll get an extra hour in their day because they won't feel the need to nap anymore from three to four. Sell what the actual all the way results are. Yeah. I love how you said that. Go all the way. Go all the way. And then on Thursday, you know, this is where you're going to talk about why you're a great person for them. And this is something that sometimes some coaches struggle with because imposter syndrome can come up. Not always do people who want to help someone lose weight or heal their gut have had the exact problems that they have had. So sometimes they struggle to talk about that, but it doesn't matter. Like being passionate about what you're doing. Sometimes you are the person who's gone through that exact journey and you might be one month or one year or 10 years, a decade further in your journey than the person who's now coming to you. You might be further along in the journey in that sometimes, and this is why it's maybe a little bit different in health and wellness, but sometimes people will People hire me because they lack the creativity or they lack the desire to do the writing. It's not because they necessarily want to follow me in my footsteps and I'm mentoring them on how to be more creative. And so there's, there's the, the balancing out of what you're lacking and getting, you know, support and coaching on what you're lacking sometimes. But then on the other side of it, sometimes it is supporting someone through a journey. And so I think that why you're the right person for the job doesn't, you don't necessarily have to have had a the critical health situation that your particular client has to have the passion to heal people because maybe it was your grandmother or maybe it was somebody else in your family but there has to be a reason why you're doing this wherever your passion lies this is what you this is the story that you need to be telling you know you have to have a personal connection to why you're doing what you're doing it doesn't have to be your personal story people forget that sometimes but it does have to be a reason why you're passionate mm-hmm. and so this is like Okay, now we're in Thursday, right? If you're going through who, what, where, why, why you're a good fit for helping this person and you're creating a post about it, this is the first time you're going to talk about yourself. Okay? All the other posts have nothing to do with you. <laughs> have everything to do about your client. It's stop saying I, me, yes. my, take those pronouns out of your content. It should be you, right? You, your she, he, we, they, like it should always be an inclusive or about someone else and never about you. And I cannot tell you, it's one thing to talk about something that you're going, like sharing about behind the scenes, or this is what I'm eating today, or this is what I'm doing. There's a time and a place for all that. But time and time again, I feel like I read these journal entries about like what people are all about. Nobody cares what you're all about. They want to know if you're all about them. Yeah. They only care about what you think of them. People are selfish. And they are. I mean that just in the very most real true way. And if you remember that and you put everything through that filter, that's what one of my coaches says. She's like, put everything through the people are selfish filter because they are. And if you want their attention, then you will in some way make it all, not in some way, in every way, make it all about them. Yeah. And it's hard. I do it all the time. I'm a writer. So I'll, just, I'll be writing something and I feel really passionate about what I'm writing. I'm like, this is so good. And then I'm reading it and I'm like, 
all right, now to make it about my client and not about me. And I go back in and I edit all my words and I make it about them. And I say you and, you know, and like the things that I'm unavailable for in my life, you know, like the things I've had to fight for in my marriage, the boundaries I've had to create in my motherhood. I now say there are boundaries you have to create in your motherhood to go after the life you want. I don't talk about my boundaries. I talk about the boundaries that she needs to start making. I don't talk about the things that I have to have had to overcome in my marriage. I just have to say, you have to be willing to have hard conversations with your spouse and create those conversations so that you can have the type of marriage that you've always dreamt of, right? I don't want to talk about just like all the time, like, oh, this is how I eat and this is what I do and these are the things, whatever. I mean, like, I would love to encourage you to find the diet that's right for you. What I eat and what you eat is going to be totally different. I have done the LEAP MRT testing. I know how my blood reacts to different things. I know what I can and can't eat. That does not, my client might not care about that at all. She just wants to know that I've been there and I understand it, but I really care about her journey. Mm -hmm. I'm there for her, not to talk about me. Right. And it's been a hard thing. And so it's some of my clients, that's why I think they love that I write for them because they don't even have to think about, because I'm not writing from their perspective. I'm writing to the client always. Right. So it's easier for, for me to detach when I'm writing for someone else. But when I'm doing it for my own content, I have to go back and edit the hell out of it. I love that you said that because I have clients all the time that are like, they are just in complete struggle over what to say. And, you know, they'll get on a session with me. They're like, I need your help with this script or I need your help with what to respond to this email or I need you. And I'm like, oh, well, just blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they're like, wait, hold on. Can you say that again? I need that. And I'm like, you have the recording. What like, yeah. and they're like, why? So many times they're like, why is it so easy for you? And I'm like, oh, you should see me try to do my own stuff. You're like, can't do it. <laughs> I can't. Do- it's easy for me because I'm not emotionally connected to what you're telling me. So I know intuitively, I understand what you're trying to convey with this message. Yeah. So I'm helping you do that without the emotion. Yeah. No, well, I'm not connected to it in that way. Stop trying to figure out what you're trying to say and think about what does your client want to hear? What did they want to hear when they're reading your content? Because I can tell you, they really don't want to hear about what you did for the weekend or they really, I mean, for the most part, yeah, people love to hear some stories and they love tidbits behind the scenes. But if that's all your content is about, it's about the life you live and the dreams you have and what you're after in the world, they don't, they're not there for you. Well, I think there has to be a percentage of that in it because I think that they do care about the person, but I agree with you. It's got to be about them. You've got to show up for them and you've got to provide and give and and offer value and then do some behind the scenes or do some, you know, show the green smoothie that you're drinking because they do genuinely care about the person. Yeah. But ultimately you want to show up for them. You're there for them. Yeah. And that's why I say when you're doing stories, you know, the, like the little tidbits, like share those in a story, like share your real behind the scenes stuff in a story. But in your feeds and in your content and in the things that you're hoping to make the most impact with, like focus on the people, focus on your client. So Mm -hmm. on Friday, this is what I talk about is when, right? So when, then statements are really great or so that statements. And so this is where you want to give your social proof, right? And whether you're talking about a client that you are currently working with, a past client or even, you know, even like, let's just say if you're a brand new coach and you haven't even had a client, but you've been the type of person who've helped your friends and family. Listen, sometimes you just need to fudge the word client just a little bit. If you have helped someone figure out part of their health journey and they didn't pay you, but you want to say like, you know, when somebody who I worked with, you don't have to say they were a client if they weren't. You say, I've worked with someone and I helped them overcome X so that they 
created why, right? Like, so you have to start giving social proof. And so Friday is when you want to talk about when I've worked with, you know, so-and-so and they had X problem, then this is the result that they had on the other side. Show some social proof of what you've been able to create for other people or even talking about, let's see, I'm going to look at my notes here. Like when we fix a critical problem, like whatever that is, clients tend to find that this other secondary problem that they didn't even know was related to the first problem, like that went away too. And it really blew their mind. And somebody might be like, oh my gosh, is that really connected? Right? Mm -hmm. Like before I knew that nightshades were detrimental to my joints. I thought I had rheumatoid arthritis, you know, right. like, and then I stopped eating potatoes and tomatoes. And then I was like, Oh, wow. Doesn't I had no idea. Right. Originally I was seeing a doctor because I had gut issues and I couldn't breathe very well. And it wasn't asthma. My lungs were fine. Mm-hmm. It was my throat. It was mm-hmm. the lack of acid in my stomach. All your health people will know I had a lack of acid problem and they were trying to put me on antiacids. Right. They didn't know. I had to work with somebody who really had a deep understanding. And also then to find out, oh, the migraines, that was from something totally different. But it was also gut related. And it was like, oh, and then the nightshade thing, those years of bartending and serving tables didn't give me arthritis. It was the food. I could have never guessed that my gut and my joints and my migraines were all from the same gut issues. Do you hear this, health coaches? Do you hear her talking about how, like... People like Nicole need you guys. This is so like you're saying, like, I didn't know. I didn't know. And I know that's kind of like a off on a tangent here in your little, in in what you were talking about. But I just, I always like to point out because, you know, so often health coaches are like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody, so many people need what health coaches have to offer. And I love that you went through that. It sounds like you worked with a health coach. Oh, yeah. I worked, yeah, because I went, I saw like all these different specialists and everyone wanted to give me some freaking medication to help me manage my symptoms. And I'm like, I'm not interested in symptom management. I want to know how to fix my problem. Yeah. And they were, they like, they're just, they, they don't care, right? They just don't care. Yeah. They, they're don't specialists. they don't know. I had the same thing. I had the acid issue with my stomach and they were like, no, we're going to give you a, something that stops your stomach from producing acid. And I was like, that sounds counterintuitive. Now, yeah. Nope. I'm not taking any. And I just, I don't take medication when I can help it. And I was like, Nope. And I went to see a naturopath and started seeing a coach. And next thing you know, it's like completely eliminated from my life because yeah. I healed my stomach, but I did it naturally. And I had to go to somebody who understood that. So, yeah. Well, and all these people are telling you like, Oh, it's like, take these anti-acids. And I was like, literally taking HCL with pepsin. I would like 12 with a meal. Like that's how bad my stomach was. I had to take so much extra acid to start teaching my stomach how to start processing my food. And, you know, I was like, my gut was distended and it was just like, I was so uncomfortable. And it was like, it's because nothing is getting processed with, there's no acid in your stomach. And anyway, that is a whole nother subject, but I just want people, there are so many people out there who are just coping. Every child that I have had every baby that I've had is that's considered a trauma to the body. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is literally a trauma to the body and my hormones have been crazy. My gut has completely reacted and every single time I've had to go through another gut healing process mm-hmm. after every pregnancy. And each one of them was different. Thank goodness. I am the type of person that wanted to figure that out. Repeat customers. <laughs> yeah. You help one person with their problem and now they're going to come to you after every time they have a baby with all their other issues. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just did a late night the other night. One of my lives, I was like, once you buy an album from an artist that you really love, you're going to buy every album that they put out. And your health coaching is the same thing. Like once you put out something that helps somebody or you help them through after a pregnancy, they get pregnant again, they're coming to you again. Yeah. And even if seven years or eight years are going to go by and I never like, and I don't, whatever, I'm still going to go back to the same gal because She's helped me before. And so I'm, she better be available for me, right? right? She better still be on her after the cause of helping people with their gut because I'm going to need her at some point. Yep. I'm going to go through menopause. I don't know. I'm like 39. I'm going to be feeling old in eight years. I'm not <laughs> going to want to feel old. And I'm going to need her to help me through right. that. Right. So anyway, so then this is why. So that helping people to see that the, the secondary issues that they're having in their life you know, like sometimes those are things that are actually totally related and they don't know that. And you have to show them that. So the last day of the week, that would be Saturday. And this is say, okay, you've given them all this value. Here's how you work with me. Here's how you get on my calendar for a consultation. Here's how we connect. Make it really, really easy for people to be on your calendar, which means you have to leave a link to this whole, send me a message and we'll find a time. No. Put your times on a calendar. Make sure that it is updated so that the next week you have consults to be booked. You have right. available times and people will book a time when it works for them. And if and you can even put the disclaimer, like if nothing really works, then personally reach out to me and I will see what I can do, right? You don't have to bend over backwards for everyone. Yep. You are a professional. I do not, my dentist will not see me on a Saturday. Right. He right. does not make a time for me at 7 p.m. Right. I go through the dentist. Yeah. I'm like, you don't need to be on call. Like you get to define your hours that you want to operate and you do not have to bend or break for anybody who does not fall within those boundaries. Right. Yeah. No, I was coaching a woman the other day and she's just like, you know, I like my husband or her partner comes home and he's super grumpy in the evening and she's got to have business calls and she's struggling to keep her positive mindset. And I'm like, why are you, why are you scheduling calls when your partner's coming home from work? If that's, if that's a stressful time for him and he needs to be able to come home and decompress and you're saying, look, you can't come in because I'm I'm going to be on a sales call. Like, do you need to fix your business? Your business has to be able to work in your life. And if that's not working, something wrong. Yeah. So figure it out. Right. Like I, I have very specific hours. I've just now this year put more than 20 hours of work into my business because I have three kids and I just, I wasn't, I had no interest to doing more than 10, 12 hours. Then I got to 15. Then there were weeks where I was like, F this, like I need a break. Right. So I just have built my business over the last two years to be exactly what I want it to be. And so create a calendar, put your times in there, let people get on your calendar. If they are that interested in working with you, then they will find the time that works or they will create time to work. Mm-hmm. The convincing energy and being really available is such a turnoff. Don't do that. You're repelling. You're absolutely, you're trying to be so available that you're not available for anybody. And there's no urgency yeah. behind your offer. There's no reason for them to go, oh my God, I want this. That, you know, even if it's a free call, but it's a free call. Everybody should want it. They don't, they're busy. Make it easy for them. Put the link there. Make it as easy as possible for them to get on your calendar, schedule this time with you. Like, Let's quit dancing around it and, and get really specific and intentional. You know, I think that that's a big, a big piece of it. And, you know, can I just point out and compliment you? You were like, I, it's been gradual. I, I just now I'm putting 20 hours a week in my business. And I talked to so many people who are like, if I can't do this full time by tomorrow, I don't want to do it at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. With the black and white stuff. How about we just gradually isn't doing it a little bit on the terms that you can now better than not doing it at all. Because 
correct me if I'm wrong, you have this dream, you wanted to help people. And now all of a sudden you're making it all about you and your schedule and what you can't do if you can't do it all, all at once. Right. Hold on. And I love how you were like, I started with 10, I have three kids. I made it work into my life. And I coach on this all the time. I'm like, you do not want to build a business that you resent. Yeah. You want to work the business. Don't let the business work you. And you get to make up the rules for however it looks for you. And that's the coolest thing about it. And so thank you, Nicole, for being a beautiful example of showing how it took you two years to get here, but that was your, that was your transition into working more time and making it work with your life. And I think that's a beautiful demonstration for everybody. Like it doesn't have to be look a certain way. It has to look the way you need it to, to fit into your life so you can keep doing it. Yeah. And I mean, just for full transparency, like, I mean, I do have three kids and with COVID, everything's been kind of crazy, but you know, having a business that I basically start at eight 30 in the morning and then I'm done around two, I take a nap. I like, I'm not back into full mom mode and until I have taken time for myself to even transition from being, being in the work and then being in the home. And even then sometimes I just like two hours to decompress. If I've had a long day of calls, sometimes you get back to back calls plus a mastermind. And it's like, I'm an introvert. I'm really outgoing. That was very confusing my whole life to be an outgoing person. I thought I was an extrovert, but I'm like, Oh, I'm an introvert. No wonder I was a hot mess for so many years. Cause I kept thinking like, I don't know why I feel so weird. I should just go out and have fun. And then I'd keep going out and keep going out. But now I've really learned to have that boundary with my time to read. That's the secret to enjoying my motherhood is that I can really be fulfilling in my career and I can have that time. I have 10 hours a week now with a babysitter. I also put a lot of responsibility on my husband. It built my business to be exactly what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I travel for work. Yep. I'm a mom of three kids and I travel for work. That's exciting. That's amazing. You can create it to be whatever you want it to be. The fear of what people will think is the reason why you're not doing what you want to do. But Anyway, and I told, um, I'm a, I'm an assistant coach with another uh, business coach and I just told her she's, she's away out on surgery right now. And I just said, I don't check. I'm not going to be in the group on the weekends and I'm not going to be in the group in the evenings. I really am creating boundaries, strong boundaries in the beginning of my, of my business because I don't want to have to unlearn bad habits later. Yep. That's exactly it. Because once you build the business that you, that doesn't work for you, you've already built it. You've been conditioning yourself to be in that business that you don't like. And then you get to a point where you realize this isn't working and you've got to unlearn all of those things that you've been doing that whole time. Yeah. And I think that that, that in itself, as a side note, this is some of the thought work that I teach my clients is that you literally have to transition from the mindset of an entrepreneur or from an, um, an employee mm. to the mindset of an entrepreneur. So mm -hmm. once you, when you, and you have to be both in the beginning, you have to be the visionary who has the idea, who creates yes. the vision and can see what's not there yet. You have to be able to see it into the future and believe that it's true and possible and continue to pursue the vision. And then you have to force yourself. Like literally your brain is the manager who is telling the employee, it is time to get your shit together and write some posts this week. Mm -hmm. And if you give yourself three hours to write it, it's going to take you three hours. If you give yourself 30 minutes to write a post in the morning, you're going to get it done in 30 minutes. If you create that boundary for yourself and you have to use your brain as the manager who manages what the employee, like the, my brain has to manage what my hands and feet are going to do. Yeah. Right. I have to be committed. I have to do the work. I have to write the posts. I have to be engaged, but also I want to be able to have that time to be dreamy and wondering and like be the, you know, get the vision, do the meditation, do all that stuff. 
I got stuck in that for about seven months one time. All the vision, none of the action. Yep. Okay. So like, and if that's the case, then you figure out a different, like you need to just do it in a different way. Like that was my thing. I was stuck in that for a while. I was like, I don't like to write posts. And I don't, it's my least favorite form of communication. Now I'm really good at it when I sit down and do it, but I also let myself do it for like five hours and one post takes me, you know, and I was just fighting it. And finally I was like, what if I stop fighting the way I think it should be and just stay open to how I can actually accomplish this. And like, turns out there's some pretty good apps for just talking right into them and they create stuff for you or you can hire an amazing VA and they can help you repurpose content. And there's so many ways but being in resistance to the way you think it should be is what holds you back from what it actually could be. Yeah. Yep. It's true. So, and even just taking that a step further. So if, you know, at the end of the week on Sunday, right, we've kind of gone through who, what, where, why, when, how Sunday, take a break, right? Like either don't post anything at all or let it be the in between the scenes in the real life. Like this is what I'm eating. This is what I'm drinking. Here's where I went. Here's what I'm doing, reading, wearing, loving, hating, whatever, this is, you know, part of even just the normal stories that you're doing the daily little stories and tidbits, like be real, be a human being, stop, like set your coach hat aside and let them know you're a human. You know what I mean? Tell them the lesson you learned, tell them the thing that you are, you know, the personal project you're working on. I'm a creative person. So I share things that I'm painting or projects that I'm making or whatever. I like make earrings all the time. And so I'm like, look at my new, you know, these, I got a new leather. Like I'm so excited. Right. I mean, they're just like lightweight. So I wear them all the time, but you know, so that's like, let people get a glimpse into your life a little bit more. And you're relatable. You're approachable and relatable and they see more of them. You're human. You're just, the more real you are, the more people tend to just develop that know, like, and trust factor because they really do feel like you're real because you are, you're just being a real person. Like you said, tell, talk about your struggles, talk about the earrings that you make, talk about the paintings that you do, talk about your dog. I talk about my dog all the time, you know, just be you. Oh my gosh, your dog dreaming while you were doing your live. Oh God, did you see that last night? Wasn't that hilarious? It was so cute. I love. I it. was like, I I heard it and I was like, oh, I think I can get this on camera. So yeah, I'm glad you. I, she's done some crazy things during some of my lives. My very first, one of my very first webinars that I ever did, I had like five people on it, and all of a sudden it's like going really well. And next thing I know, I hear, and <laughs> it's her throwing up on my carpet right behind me, and it's loud, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh my God, I guess I just addressed this head on. So I said it on my webinar. I was like, can you guys hear that? They were like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, that's Cassie. She's throwing it behind me, but the show must go on. And so I just kept going. But, but those kinds of things, I feel like it warms people up to us. They're like, oh, look, she's human. And she does goofy, stupid things too. And oh yeah, that's a selling point. That's how you sell, you know? I I was doing a live one time and my son like runs up to me and I'm like, dude, you don't have any pants on. You cannot be, I'm like on camera. I'm like, Get, get your pants on. What do you have? Right? And I'm sure people, they, I mean, they thought it was hilarious. In the moment, I was like starting to be mortified. I'm like, well, you can't. No, stop. Don't come yeah. near me. Get off yeah. camera. But it's, you know, and it's like, this is what happens. Not only is it just COVID and everyone's trying to figure out how to do this home work thing differently. A lot of people are doing it for the first time ever, right? It proved to people that it was possible to work from home. A lot of people didn't even have the belief that that was possible for them. And now businesses have people working from home everywhere. And it's like, well, if I could work from home with my business or for my com- this company, like, ooh, maybe I could work from home for myself, right? Like, make the leap. Go for it. So the last thing that I want to talk about with this combo for the week is that now you've got these all these posts. 
and they're all related. It's one long conversation. And so with a little bit of tweaking, it becomes a newsletter that you email once a week. Mm-hmm. You don't have to create separate content for this. You don't have to go out of your way to write a completely different ne- newsletter and have all these disjointed posts all week. Like you just create a theme. You choose one word. We're talking about overwhelm. I'm going to tell you what I know about overwhelm and how I help people with overwhelm. I'm going to go through this whole process. And it's also an email that you can send out. And it's just one cohesive message. The people who are reading your content on your email are not going to see all your posts. And the people who are reading some of your posts probably aren't even on your email. It does not have to be different. And, and if fact, they are, it doesn't matter. Well, Let them it, read it twice. Yeah. And like, it helps create consistency. People love reading stories that they know the end to. How many times have I listened to Harry Potter on Audible with my kids? Yeah. A lot, right? How many times did I see whatever movie, right? Like, because people love to know how it ends. And yeah. so even if they've read your content, they're going to read it. They're going to finish it because they'd be like, oh, I actually remember this story. Right. You know how this goes. Right. I don't know what it is, but we do it. We just read it again. You know how many times I've listened to Gina tell the basement waterproofing story? And I'm like, oh, I love this one. Like, oh, yeah. Right. I want to hear it again. And then I want to hear it the next time she tells it. And then, like you said, we like that. We, we like knowing how things end and we enjoy the story. And yeah. I feel like putting out your content to different platforms is super important because not everybody's watching you on both. But if they are, oh, well, yeah. there's a reason they're watching you on both. They probably want to consume your content twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and even to the point with Gina where it was like, I mean, I've heard the story. I can't tell you how many times where she was just kind of like, I closed this client and I was going to celebrate. And so she's like, I booked my own ticket to St. Tropez or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is a good one. This is the time when she booked a client while sitting on a bar stool in St. Tropez. Like, I love this story. I'm like, you're going to love this to the yep. person sitting next to me. And they're like, oh, I remember this one. Yep. Wait, we all just love the story because we feel like that we know her, right? Yeah. She's consistent yeah. with her messaging. Yeah. Yeah. And then we like her, right? Yeah. We know where we like her. So yeah. I have this whole thing and I've got like a principle that you could just fill in the blanks and write it up. That's There's the link, right? That you sent? Yeah. That one will come. There's attract, captivate, and close. That's the freebie that you should have the link to already. Okay. This is where it talks about taking out the pronouns that you're not supposed to be using. How to stop the scroll, okay? Let me tell you what else is in here. Uh, The secret to powerful sales copy. People think that there is a secret, and there is, and I tell you in here. You'll have to go download it and read it, and it's really good. hear that? It's simple. And then I have a checklist. When you're writing your content, you're like, okay, did I do this right? And some of the things that are on here are, my writing is clear and to the point. As a writer, I ramble. I just do it. And guess what? You probably do too. And I don't mean just you, but I'm just people in general. Like we tend to ramble. We think the more we write, the more valuable it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the more succinct you can be, the more powerful your point is. Right. Even I'm trying to learn that. I was going to say, I'm really working on that, but. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but not, but here's the thing. Not every post has to be break mind blowing, you know, transformational post. You can right. have to have some that are shortened to the point. And also sometimes some of the short and to the point ones are really impactful because it's just like, whoa, there was really even, there was no lead in for that. Like she just blew my mind with two sentences. Wow. Right. But that takes practice. And this is the thing. People want to become better writers, but they're not willing to write. Like they Mm -hmm. don't want to keep writing, writing, practicing writing is how you get to be good at writing content and writing copy. People don't want, they say that they're not good at it. And it's because they just don't want to be, because if they wanted to be, they would be doing it. 
if they were doing it, they'd be better at it, right? It's the same thing with losing weight. People say, I really want to be skinny, but I refuse to eat well and I don't want to work out. Okay, well then intermittent faster, I don't care, but like, don't complain about not feeling good in your skin if you're not willing to do some work, right? It's the same with content and copy, right? So I have a whole checklist about things that you need to just eliminate unnecessary details. If you have long blocks of copy and content, can you make it into a bullet point? Can you make it easy, easy to digest? Because if yeah. I look at something and it's like seven paragraphs long, not reading it. I don't want to read that. Give me yeah. what I want. Give me the yeah. give me the brass text. Tell me what I need to know, right? What I want to know. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me you're pretty. Buy me tacos. Like give yeah. me the goods. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm the same way. I can't do the long ones. And then I have five good resources. Some of them are books. Some of them are online resources for really just killer free resources um, to help you with better copywriting. So that's in there. The convo of the week is is the uh, Monday through Friday. Who, what, where, when, why, how. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. All right, everybody. So make sure you click on that link, get the good stuff so that you can start getting your message out there in a way that, like Nicole said, if you want to be a better writer, you got to write. If you want to be better at basketball, you got to play basketball. If you want to be a better cook, you got to start cooking. Like we don't get to, it's the action that's going to make us better at it. And it's uncomfortable. Find a way that you enjoy writing. Listen, I'm preaching to myself right now. I get it. I am not that person that practices writing, but I am that person that's like, I want to be better at it, but I'm, I'm learning, you know, and part of that is dedicating myself to being intentional about it and writing in order to get better at writing. So got some great resources and you guys make sure you sign up for it. The link is in the comments and Nicole, thank you so, so much. Yeah, I love being here. We've had great conversations along the way, so it's just fun. Yeah, yeah this, you have just provided so much value and so many great tips. And I know that this is an area of you know struggle for a lot of us. And I think it's really helpful to have somebody like you who is such a pro at it and um, has done it and helped so many people with it be able to share with us what you've done to be successful and help others do the same. So thank you so much for sharing with us. You're welcome. I'm happy. Awesome. I'm happy. All right, everybody. Yeah. Well, Nicole, like I said, thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good night, everyone. Bye, everybody. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.